All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Baseball. I am Jacob Brown, joined by Rory Tedimer. Today, we're going to break down the top 10 third basemen on Rankham. We're also going to talk about the World Baseball Classic and give you some updates on the new rules in Major League Baseball. This is also the first time in two weeks that we've started this podcast without an audio issue. Last week, again, I had my mic turned all the way up uh, and then 17 minutes in, turned it down. I remember before today, uh, so it's going to be a pleasant listen, I think. Uh, for most people. And uh, uh, I am a Twitter celebrity now, Rory, Uh, you know, 20,000 views on a tweet, not a single follow from it, but uh, I'm a Twitter celeb. Yeah, no, you kind of, uh, you crack the system there. Um, Tweet something that, you know, we think is true. A lot of other people are going to find, find offensive and uh, you know, you just get tweets from it. You just get uh, views from it. And uh, with views comes interactions. So you've, yeah. had, you've had some good ones and, and ones that like, I, I completely agree with, uh, what was it? Acuna and Soto. I think I actually might've gone Soto. So, <laughs> you did at first. Yeah. Um, the, um, the last one you had, the Alonzo one, definitely. I mean, yeah, you encouraged that one. That was uh, almost a joint effort. Come on, Alonzo. People are saying Vlad Guerrero. All you have to do is look around. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, the starting nine tweet you're referencing, one of them was pick which four. It was Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, or Ronald Acuna Jr. That was the really popular one. I said Acuna, no question, and then tons of people. And then the other one was pick which one has to go. Pete Alonzo, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Freddie Freeman, and Goldschmidt, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, and, and it was like, are you kidding me? I mean... And, and then all the comments are like, oh, but he the most home runs in the league since he was called up. And it's like, that's not the only offensive value, actually. All you, all you also have to look at is, would he start over any of them on the World Baseball Classic team? He's already not starting over Goldschmidt. He wouldn't right. start over Freeman, and I don't think he would start over Guerrero either. Yeah, you know, Freeman's on, uh, Freeman's on Team Canada. They're all, there's three starting yeah. first basemen there, and he's going to be a yeah. judge because he stinks. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but let's talk about that World Baseball Classic first. And it, the rosters came through. I don't think there were many surprises. I think more surprising to me were the people that we thought were going to be there that are not. Uh, one of them for Dominican Republic was Jose Ramirez. He was projected to move off his position of third to go play second. They have Machado and Devers. Devers already DHing. So Ramirez is going to go slide over to second, which I think he broke into the league at second. Uh, either way, he used to play both. Um, he's not going. And then the U.S., Logan Webb, and then just announced about an hour ago, Nestor Cortez not going. And, and as well for Dominican, Framber Valdez. Forgot about that one. They backed out. Luis Castillo backed out. So more so the backouts for me, most of them being pitchers. And this was something that when I saw some of the pitchers at first, I was kind of like, I'm surprised. You're giving these guys high-octane innings in March when they're used to going out for 45 pitch outings. And you texted me today, uh, we didn't even realize that the World Baseball Classic, there's a 65 pitch count. And I, I think that's why you can't give them the ability to go over in March. They're going to tear their arms apart. So what do you think about these rosters? I, I think I look at it and I say, to me, it's really Dominican U.S., uh, Japan, and then everybody else. No, for sure. Uh, There's one other team that I think could uh, sneak in there. Um, 
that had some pretty decent players. I'm forgetting who it is. Was is it Venezuela with Altuve? Might have been Venezuela, but it's not Puerto Rico. I don't think it was Colombia either. Yeah, and they lost Correa, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, U.S., Japan, DR, but either either way, I mean, DR's now only really got Sandy and Christian Javier. Everyone else, I wasn't really afraid of. Um, still thing the thing is still pitching for the US. I mean, you're going out there. Clayton Kershaw is going to be your best guy now. Uh other than that, you got Wainwright, Lance Lynn, uh Brady Singer 3.21 ERA, Rory. Brady Singer, Merrill Kelly, guys that I pick up off the waiver wire weekly like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there someone else? Not really. Not really anyone else. They have Nick Martinez who's like in the pitcher pool. I don't I don't understand the whole pitcher pool thing. I don't. I don't either, because it seems like you would want all of them there. Yeah. Um, not just. A, I think it means emergency basis. So if someone goes down, they're called in. But that I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. Um, but yeah, I mean the Dominicans pitching though. I mean, other than Sandy and Javier, at least they're too deep, right? But and, and I. I mean, we know Christian Javier. He was great, but he does sometimes only go five innings or he throws a lot of pitches in early innings. I mean, we saw some of his starts. He was out in the fourth inning because of pitch counts and that was in the regular season. So if he's less than 65 pitches, how valuable is Javier? And I mean, outside of that, you got Johnny Cueto and Rowanzi Contreras as their three, four and Johnny Cueto kudos to a great year, but not really that scared of him at his age. And, uh, so, and, and Contreras is basically a, a, a prospect in their four. So Dominicans overrated. And, and I got flack for this on Twitter too. And actually a lot of support, uh, for pointing out everyone is overhyping this Dominican lineup and I'm tired of it because, you know, I like almost everyone unanimously is like this Dominican lineup is unfair. This is insane. Everyone should be in fear. And granted one through seven, that's insane, but I would say not only position by position does the U.S. I mean, you can go first base versus first base. U.S. wins second base, blah, blah, blah. But the U.S. one through nine, they have nine total hitters that are all basically top three at their position in baseball. And then Dominican has seven total good hitters. Uh, and you could eat. Yeah. Oh, no, six. I would say six total good hitters. And then seven, eight, nine. I mean, Jeremy Pena. Not that great of a – he had a great postseason run. Regular season, not a great hitter. Gary Sanchez uh, – <laughs> I wanted to tweet this out. This probably would have went viral. Uh, Kyle Higashioka, who is the third catcher on Team U.S., the Yankees traded Gary originally so that Higashioka would start. Uh, and and Gary Sanchez is starting for the DR. And then Ketel Marte uh, had an average 2022 at second base. So U.S. all the way to me. Yeah, no, I'm actually just open Twitter to see your tweet. Uh, that's the first thing I saw, but no, you're right. I think the, uh, you know, the DR lineup, it even should have been better than what we're seeing. Obviously Ramirez, uh, but Tatis was supposed to be in there. Um, <laughs> he committed early on and obviously, you know, he's had his own troubles uh, as well. Was Hernandez always in there? Who, who else was supposed to be there instead of Teo? Uh, Starling Marte. Starling Marte. Okay. Yeah. No. Starling and he, he left. I mean, Rio Muto over Sanchez. Goldschmidt over Guerrero very closely. McNeil, Marte, got to go McNeil. Arenado, Machado, so close. I'd probably go Machado, though. Turner, yeah. Turner, I'm giving oh. over Pena. Tucker and Hernandez. 
I guess. It's I guess, close. I guess Tucker. Uh, Trout, obviously. Beth Soto, toss-up. Alonzo Devers, I think I'd go Devers. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I gave like three to the DR. Possibly. Is it even that it's not narrow? <laughs> and it's cool because a lot of these conversations are part of this today's pod, top 10 third base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, dude, th- this is a list. And I guess we can just get into that now. Um, and we'll, we'll start with this top 10 third base, rank them. Here we go. And there were some guys that missed that I was surprised. There were some guys that made it that I was really surprised. And a lot of people, you know, did not like MLB Network's top 10 list. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, what is this? Nolan Arenado at number five, which is just egregious to me. Um, but I think our list is honestly better than theirs. Uh, I just don't see how you could beat ours. I mean, I think it's really good, and I think it gives respect to people that MLB Network did not give respect to on the shredder. Um, and again, though, I do think that you can make arguments for the people that missed. I think 10 and 9 are a little, and even 8, some people are going to be like, how? But uh, I think 1 through 7 are unanimously on most third base lists. I think the order we have them in is the is the best. Again, this isn't even me. Uh, it just happens to very closely align with what I would have it as. And uh, so that's might be why I like the list a lot, but it is top 10 third base. And here we go. And at number 10, and again, we will get into just missed after we reveal the top 10 in full. Number 10 from the Toronto Blue Jays, Matt Chapman. This is a guy who most people would think, oh, my God, he, he should be you know close to top five. This guy can pick it any day, anywhere. Uh, this is one of the best guys out there. But last two seasons batting average, I know, batting average. It's not valued. It's not the number one thing that people go to anymore. He hit 210 in 2021, 229 in 2022. So you're not getting points from a low batting average. The home run's exactly the same at 27. He had 76 ribbies this year, 72 the year before. So very close years altogether. OBP were 10 points apart this year, 324. And that weighted drunk created plus only at 117. So he's not that far above league average. And then people say he's an elite defender. Well, somehow, and I don't know how this happened, he went from a 17 OAA in 21 to a 1 in 2022. Then he went from a 10 DRS to a 2. That's confusing to me. I don't know how that happens to a guy that's known to be who he is. Um, but he, I, I think he absolutely deserves to be on here. He got a point value of five. And again, if you want to know how those point values were calculated, go to our first pod, Top 10 Catchers, where I explain it at the top of the pod. So, Rory, what do you think of Chapman at 10? Yeah, no, he's one of those guys where uh, he probably would have taken a few um, you know, gold gloves from Arenado in that early stretch uh, if he was in the NL. You know, Arenado's never had competition for that gold glove. I think Chapman was, you know, the other guy on the other side of the pond there in the AL. Uh, Nowhere near, I mean, the player they are now. Uh, So Chapman at 10, that seems pretty reasonable. I'm interested. I know LeMahieu finished five. Why'd you give it to Chapman over LeMahieu? Yeah, you know, it was tough. I think because... We know Matt Chapman's going to play third, and I didn't want to get halfway into the year, or maybe even spring training happens. The Yankees trade Glaber, and DJ's a second base. So that was – they both had five, and I was like, I know Chapman's a third baseman this year. That was it. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. 
Everybody else, yeah, it's that's a right guy at number ten. You know, he's not going to change your team, but he's a good piece that you probably go out at the trade deadline to make. Um, did, is that what uh, Blue Jays did? Did they trade for him, or did they pick him up for eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trade guy like that, you know, for sure. But I think I don't think I'd put him any higher than ten, maybe over our number eight. But I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to that soon. But uh, give us number nine, Rory, and this this is a, this is a good one for yeah, you. I'll bring in number nine, and he's actually he's number nine for the Miami Marlins now, right? He's uh, number Gino Segura. Gino yeah, Obini, former Philly, Philly legend, <laughs> uh, favorite nickname of all time, James Cigarettes, Jimmy Sigs. Uh, for no reason, I don't really understand why it's there, but Jimmy Sigs is hilarious. Uh, yeah, coming in at 5.5, so he finishes 0.5 ahead of Chapman. But uh, I think a guy that, you know, would have been in the top 10 second baseman list for us. And, you know, yes. moves his way over to third, which he'll be playing for uh, the Marlins. I will say, when he played third for the Phillies, not, uh, not the best. He was not the best defensive third baseman, uh, you know, that they, were, they had out there. So uh, that is questionable that they'll be doing that, but... Um, you know, I definitely have him in the top top ten third baseman, and let's see how it works out for uh Miami because obviously they're throwing second baseman all over the place. Second baseman now, two B center yeah. field, three B, uh, all over. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but a guy that just hits for contact, and you know, definitely glad we didn't give him the it factor because he did not show up in the playoffs as much as I wanted him to. Uh, even if he did have some clutch singles. Uh, but I thought he was going to come in and just rip around in the playoffs because he hadn't been there in uh, you know forever. He was the longest, longest drought with the playoffs. So I thought he was going to do a lot more and was uh, pretty upset with what we had. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, he's not top 10 at third. I think he is at second. You look at his stats, it doesn't wow you. He had 33 RBIs. He had 10 home runs. Now that's, only, that's in 98 games, granted. So project that out, 64 more games if he played all of them. You're probably getting 20 more RBIs, maybe. So that's a 50 RBI season out of a guy that's not expected to drive in runs. Maybe hits three more home runs. That's a good season, hitting 277. You, you, so he gets the average points. He gets the stolen base points at, with with uh, 13. The the you might wonder where are we getting the defensive points? He's getting credit for his second base defense. So this is not factoring in either what he'll be at third. So, I mean, you watched him every day or, you know, as much as you could last year, at least. Do you think he can play third? I mean, he, he played 21 games there, 24 in 2020 and, and no else uh, in his career. Yeah, no, he was uh, got a strong arm, no doubt about it. Uh, he's just not as nimble as he should be over there at 3B. You know, a lot of things can get by. I don't think he has that. Uh, that range at the hot corner that he does at second base. I think he's allowed to, you know, kind of spread his wings a little bit more at second base up the middle into that hole uh, versus the hot corner. You know, it's, it's blazing down at you. And uh, so that, that's what I really saw when I was watching him at three B. Obviously that was 2020. Um, you know, how, how much preparation did he have to actually, you know, go out there and play three B because he was supposed to be, you know, the shortstop. And then, uh, you know, a lot of things happened, obviously, in 2020. So you don't know how much preparation he actually yeah. had. Um, maybe he can do better, you know, given the full offseason, knowing that he is going to play 3B. Um, but, no, great hitter and a great dude. You know, <laughs> he's, a, he's a, just a good guy. 
Yeah, no, I mean, a good player. And uh, Marlon's going with that contact style play. He fits in with that. And uh, so, yeah, Gene Segura, Miami Marlins, number nine. Number eight, and this is the controversial one, Cabrian Hayes from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And this is a guy that he gets none of the points from offense. Uh, he is, you know, he needs to work as a hitter, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he, he's been a top prospect for the Pirates for a long time. He's still young, which is why there's so much upside with him. He's 26 years old. Um and I'm going to put up his uh, offensive stats here. Uh, I believe his average was low. Yeah, so he had 244, only seven home runs, 41 RBIs. This is in a full season, under 36 games, 20 stolen bases. Uh, Woba, and this is why, like, he is probably the only player on any list at any position that's going to get in with offensive stats that are this bad. He is below league average at Woba by a lot. League average of Woba is 320. He's at a 294. Weighted drunk created plus average is 100. He's an 88. So no offensive points. He had 20 steals, so he does get the points from that. So what does he get it from? He gets it from the defense. He had a 24 DRS last season, which was the best among third basemen. That's better than Nolan Arenado. And he had an 18 OAA. That's absurd. And so with the way that our point system values defense, it really respected Brian Hayes. And it says, well, he picks everything and he steals bases and that's valuable. Number eight, I don't have him in top 10, but I respect his glove. And he's, you know, him and Arenado could be competing for gold gloves. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't have him in my top 10 either. But, uh, you know, if I'm going to bring up Matt Chapman taking away gold gloves from Nolan Arenado, if he was in the NL, definitely got to mention Kid Brian Hayes. Uh, should be fighting for that. Probably should have won it this year. Uh, I know he had better stats, yeah. just not as not as much games played, and I just don't think the star power yet. So um, a guy that's definitely going to be a good little player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Don't know if he'll ever compete, though. Uh, they're ways a ways off of, uh, you know, actually competing. Granted, they are in the worst I'd say division in the NL. Uh, so, you know, happen. But, yes. Uh, still ways away from competing. And, you know, hopefully. Did they sign him to a big contract yet? Like a longer contract? Uh, if it were, I think if they did, it was like one of those long-term yeah. cheap ones that. One of those, yeah. One of those little dinkers that Wander Franco screwed himself over with. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scott Kingery. Or Sandy. <laughs> Let Scott Kingery started. Let Scott Kingery start. That's right. Okay. Oh my goodness, Salvador yeah. Perez. Yeah. yeah, no, I have him. I wouldn't have him ahead of Segura or Chapman on my top ten. Uh, you know, maybe he would sneak into the ten spot, maybe, but I still don't think I'd have him over uh, the people that were left off. Either way, with a six, um, only one point ahead of number ten, and then still two two point eights under two point eight points under the mean, which is eight point eight. Uh, either way. Good player, and he's uh, you know, only going to get better. Another guy, you got to say, do it again. So you got to do do those defensive stats all over. Yeah, because if he doesn't, he's not valuable. So he's got he definitely has to boost up the offense, and, and that's something I want to stress too. Me personally, from a third baseman, I want thirty home runs. I want power with the deep, and I'll even take not good defense if you're slugging. Third base is a slugging position. And that's what you want over there. Defense is nice. Um, but, yeah, Hayes makes it number eight. So, at number seven, this is a guy that 
I think she get more respect. And this is an example of not good defense, but the offense gets you on. So polar opposite of Cabrian Hayes, Yandy Diaz from the Tampa Bay Rays coming in with a six and a half. This is a guy that I have in my top 10. This is because his offense has gone underrated the last two seasons. Even in 2021, he was an above league average hitter with a 111 weighted drum created plus. But this year, he really took off 137 games. He had 296 with nine homers, 57 RBIs, really high OBP of 401, 366 Woba, and a 146 weighted drum created plus. But the defense is really bad negative 13 DRS and a negative eight OAA. The thing from Yandi is, I, I do think he's a really good hitter with a good eye. And, and and I go back to his 2019 as well, where he had a 118 weighted drum created plus with 14 bombs. So I, I think he's shown an ability to be a good hitter. He hits lead off for the Rays. And the defense is bad, though. So I don't know. MLB Network had him in their top 10. What do you think of Yandi? I love him. Uh, just signed another contract, and I'm a little upset because I was hoping uh, – you know, hit free agency, and then obviously, you know, just dream of him being on the Phillies. But a uh, guy I picked up in fantasy this year that just absolute steal ended up being a top five uh, third baseman in fantasy. Um, not a lot of power, only nine home runs, you know, 13 and 14 in uh, 2021 and 2019, respectively. So, but a guy that hits for average and, you know, will get the job done. Uh, I think he might have more RBIs if he was on a, you know, a better offensive producing team than the Rays. And yeah, not hitting not leadoff. Hit off, obviously, but. Um, still 824 OPS that's going to play any day of the week. And, you know, he's a great player for the Rays that is extremely slept on. I mean, you're not going to hear anyone talk about Yandy Diaz uh, besides actual no. baseball, like, you know, knowledge. So, or, uh, or, or Steve <laughs> Cashin, you know, <laughs> or yeah, <he's> Rays fans. <laughs> um, although my grandparents are Rays fans, I don't even know if they would say Yandy Diaz. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, name your top three Rays. Uh, Rosarena, Wander, Glasnow, McClanahan. Oh, yeah, Yandy. Definitely. Uh, no, I love, love him. He's in my top ten for sure. Uh, probably right around that range. Um, but I you know, I definitely I definitely do not underrate him because he's, he's a good little player and uh, someone I'll probably be tempted for um, in fantasy again. Yeah. No, I, I like him, and uh, I see a lot. Injuries. I feel like he's injured a lot. Yeah, I mean that's that's a problem with him. I mean, 134. He's never played 150 yeah. games in a season. So yeah, you're right about that, 100. Um, but yeah, I mean that's also got something to do with the Rays too. Maybe I mean they they do so much platooning uh, with that team as well. But the other thing with him. He's a he's another guy that with the raise uncertainty of how their roster is panning out, will he even play third all the all the time? They they got rid of G Man Choi, so they theoretically could put him there now. What I've been seeing is that they might put Jonathan Aranda, one of their prospects at first base. They have a Josh Lowe guy uh, who's could either play outfield for them this season or first base. They have Isak uh, Paredes who could play maybe first base. So uh, Christian Bethencourt who can catch for them has been talked about it for, but there's no actual solidified first baseman for the Rays. And maybe they're like, well, we know he's going to hit. We'll move him across the diamond. So that's a potential thing for him as well. Um, you want to do number yeah, six? Yeah, I also say on top of uh, Yandi, you know, in fantasy, first base, third base, DH eligibility. Uh, so he's all over the place there. I think Vidal Brujan, um, he could probably play uh, third base for the Rays. 
I know he's a good prospect. Good yeah. Prospect for the Rays there. Um, no, they have they have a lot more young people than you think that are on their forty man. Not even uh, prospects. I mean, I mentioned Low, I mentioned Aranda, but they have Bruhan, like you said, and then um, look at that—they got rid of him. <laughs> Never mind. They they got rid of uh, uh, one of their. I, I forgot his name, but they they got rid of uh, one of their young infield. Probably he was there forever. And. Uh... All coming up at the same time as Wander Franco, which was ridiculous. So he always walked. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bruhan, I think, had to transition to the outfield for a little bit. And then this other guy as well, um, he also – he was also kind of blocked there from Wander. So, you know, a plethora of options, uh, you know, it's kind of just being blocked uh, for them for sure. Yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see with the Rays. They always – they, they're an organization, They especially as a Yankee fan – and uh, they always whip yeah. stuff out of their ass. So, uh, yeah, go over uh, go over number six because yeah, I'm not no, doing this six, team. Uh, the biggest jump we've seen so far, six and a half for Yandy Diaz in points, nine for Alex Bregman coming in at number six of the Houston Astros uh, with an it factor as well. Um, people might, you know, sleep on this. Uh, it's just loaded. You know, six through one is just loaded. And honestly, it just depends where you see. I'm sure Astros yeah. fans are saying he's like two, three. I don't know if they're, you know, naive enough to put him at one, but, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know, uh, good player. And he's been doing it for a while. Uh, I think slowly declining. Um, let me look at his stats. Yeah. Slow decline here. 296. Obviously when he was, you know, at, at his top, uh, in 2019, 242, can't really say anything about the, uh, 2020 season, but, uh, 270 and then 259 this year. Um, Guy that's also losing a little bit of power. He had 41 bombs in that uh, 2019 season where he played 156 games, and then in 2022 played 155, so one less game, only 23 home runs. So uh, losing a little bit there. Either way, um, still a great player, 820 OPS, uh, minus 4 DRS, and a 50AA. Uh, you know, good stuff, but, I mean, that's pretty typical, I think. And Yandy Diaz had negative 13 DRS. Uh I mean, Alex Bregman's not yeah. a terrible defender, but obviously, you know, statistically, you would like to be a little better. Um, but even then, looking at the people above, you know, it's not that much difference besides number one. So, um, what are you going to do? Good guy. Um, not entirely scared of him. He's getting the oh, he's getting the it factor from two World Series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's clutch yeah, as hell in the playoffs. I was scared of him this year. Well, I mean, you're, yeah, you saw him in the, but I mean, unfortunately I have to, you know, eat it a little bit. He owns the Yankees in the postseason. There's, there's zero doubt about that. And he is clutch against us. And listen, they've, they've had to beat us to get to the championships and multiple world series. He's a threat to me. I mean, when he gets in the batter's box, I'm scared personally, just from experience of myself. And uh, I think too, like, I'm not worried about his defense. So, you know, he might have a negative DRF. He's not making errors in the playoffs. Uh, so, I, I, to me, you know he gets the job done. You know he's clutch. And, uh, you know, I'm actually going to look up his playoff stats now for career. Um, but, I mean, he, he absolutely deserves to be here. I do hear what you're saying about the power, and it's interesting because, you know, <laughs> this would go back to me a few years ago where I was all about – them cheating and 2019 is that last year where you can maybe point to some cheating going on 
And, you know, he was a one dot OPS and he's never been that uh, since with the power. And even uh, years before that, he was great. But total postseason career, I'm pulling up for Alex Bregman, 86 postseason games, uh, which is crazy. 277 hitter with 15 bombs, 47 RBI, excuse me, 237 hitter, excuse me. Uh, 15 bombs, 47 RBIs, 345 OB, that's good. 333 Woba, 113 weighted. So he's still an above average league player in the playoffs. So you, it's hard to be an MVP level player or to sustain what you do in the regular season in the playoffs against the best pitching all the time. So for him to be that guy, 15 bombs in 86 games. Uh, Rory, you're probably better at math than I am. I mean, what that projects out to in a, in a regular season. But uh, those are some good playoffs. And this year in particular, 2022, 294 with uh, three bombs, 11 RBIs, 379 OBP, 170 weighted junk created plus. So he popped off. And then in the years when they win championships, 2019, he was great. 122 weighted junk created plus. When they won in 2017, not too great. Not too great in the 17 run, actually. Hit 208. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, Bregman in at number six. I don't think he's the caliber of any of the top five. I do think there's a there's a barrier there. I can understand what Stroh's fans are saying because because of the rings and all that. But these other five are a different class. So who's number, number five? five uh, another another team. I guess you don't really like. Uh... Rafael Devers, the Boston Red Sox, coming in one point higher with the it factor uh, at 10 points. Um, just a guy, I mean, I have higher than this. Um, I'll have him higher than number four, um, and I think you do as well. So um, he's coming in at number five. I was saying I have him higher than the number four person. But a dude that's just been doing it consistently and still, uh, you know, he just got paid. So uh, he's just kind of yeah. – Got to do it for them. I don't think he's going to win a World Series in the coming years, though. So, um, contract be not like he, he could be could be out within you know a few years if they're going full rebuild. Uh, they do have some interesting prospects, but who knows if they pan out? So, uh, they got they got a lot of work to do for sure. Rafael Devers in twenty twenty two two ninety five average twenty seven bombs eighty eight RBIs. Uh, 879 OPS. The minus six DRS a little concerning there. Um, Minus 208. They now are losing, you know. I mean, Xander Bogarts wasn't anything special in the infield, but, I mean, just losing, you know, that presence at shortstop. Uh, a lot more stress on Rafael Devers there. Um, who's their first baseman? Uh, Cassis. Yeah, I think he stinks defensively too, right? Well, he, yeah. He's originally a third uh, baseman, don't yeah. don't know what's going on second base and shortstop. I really have no clue. It looks like I mean they're saying it's going to be Mondesi and Kike. Um, how is Mondesi defensively? He's great when he, he's great, great when he plays. Uh, all the five games that he does every season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a bust for no, the. Either Warriors. way, I mean, it's a dude that's been doing it for a while. Uh, Three eleven in twenty nineteen. You know that's his best season with thirty two bombs. But two sixty three in twenty twenty. I don't look at it too much. Two seventy nine with thirty eight bombs in twenty twenty one. Really, really good. Um, negative 13 DRS, though, in 2021. That was his worst season. A guy who's never been touted for being, you know, a good defensive uh, third baseman. Actually, I remember when he was a rookie, you know, everyone was calling him too fat, and then he needed to get away from third base. So, um, 
some things have changed. Obviously, he's cleaned it up a little bit, but still, you know, a negative defender. Yeah, you know, Mondesi's actually a really good defensive shortstop. Uh, I was looking into that while you were talking. Uh, five DRS when he played a full season in 19 with an 11 OAA. That's really good. So if he if he's healthy. Uh, and then in the 131 innings he played this year, four OAA, one DRS. So, uh, you know, it's wow. Yeah, right. That's nothing. <laughs> wow. But no, yeah, Devers, uh, absolutely. He he is number. He's absolutely top five. I do have him higher, and uh, he gets the F factor because he's another guy that, based on experience from myself. I'm scared every time he gets into the batter's box. He's big poppy in there. He has the same presence as him in the, in, in the box. Big lefty. They both stand big and tall and wide, and they have big loads, and it's intimidating. And, uh, you know, a lot of home runs to right center. He can go the other way off the monster. Would, you know, he's not strictly, you know, pull hitter. And it's going to be interesting to see him without shifts, too, and how it affects a lefty bat like that because uh, – you know, these lefty hitters, they didn't even try hitting ground balls, and now they can get that back. So uh, Devers at five. At number four, no it factor, and I think that's fine because I I, I don't feel that with him. He is underrated, uh, but no it factor with 12 and a half points. Austin Riley from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, this is a guy who is criminally underrated as a hitter. He had a 142 weighted drum created plus, which last year – was second best among third basemen above Jose Ramirez, above Devers. So that's really good right there. 38 bombs, 93 RBIs, uh, 273 average with a 349 OBP. And he improved, well, not really, actually. <laughs> he went worse on the defense, went from 13 to a 6. The OAA has always been bad. So that means he doesn't have range, and he got worse positionally this year as well. And Another thing right there, Rory, you're losing Dansby, who had a 20 OAA or something like that, and now Vaughn Grissom, a rookie, taken over there. So that might hurt him defensively. But this is a guy with a lot of power that you see a lot yeah, of. Yeah, no, I would what say he's think? underrated. I wouldn't say criminally underrated because I did see him like in MVP conversations, you know, uh, midway through the season, you know, till probably probably about August. True. Um, until, you know, Goldschmidt just ran away with it. So uh, good player. You know, he's he's definitely come on in the last two years where he's actually playing a lot more games. Uh, only 80 games in 2019 when he was called up. 2020, obviously, a uh, different season. But you got to talk about, I mean, the 2021 season when they won the World Series. Um, 160 games, 303 average, 33 bombs, 107 RBIs. Granted, you're being helped a little bit there uh, from the players around you, but um, really good player for, a, you know, a good team that went on to win, so... Uh, he was a big part of that. I would say he might get the it factor just from the World Series if we're giving everyone else it from the World Series. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, he didn't come up big in the playoffs this year at all. So uh, the thing is, I'm also saying that about every Braves player because the only one that I was really came up big was Travis Darnell. <laughs> he was like the only one that showed anything. Yeah. So, um, wow. Uh, whatever. It's I, I have him. Top five for sure. I have him at number five. Uh, Devers I have at four. And uh, everyone else, you know, is above him. I would I would say that, you know, the other three are top top three clearly uh, because I also think they might be, you know, top ten players in the MLB. But you, 
we can go back and forth on that, I think. But either way, Austin Riley, good player, and, uh, you know, a guy that's – is he on one of those contracts for the Braves where it's like, how the hell are you getting paid that much to go play for this team? <laughs> like yeah, he got one of those deals too. I'm young and you're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they do let some go because of it. I mean, Dansby's one of them and Freeman, yeah. but the ones they keep, they For pay. Sure. Well, you're right. They left Freeman go, but, I mean, they got Albies, they got Harris, they got Acuna, uh, and now they got Riley all on pretty good contracts. Um, Strider, and the pitchers yeah, too, Strider. right? Strider already? I think does Freed have a big contract yet? I don't even know. Not Freed, but I think uh, maybe yeah. even uh, uh, Kyle Wright may have locked up. I forgot he had a great year. Yeah. yeah. No, they're good. They're, they're good. good. They showed in the NLDS, but they're good. <laughs> Hard to play in the jungle. <laughs> Hard to play in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty, uh, give us number three. At number three. Um, this is this is a top-ten player I just saw that MLB had. Um, Jose Ramirez, the Cleveland Guardians, at 13 with the it factor, although he's never won a World Series. Uh, you know, just good player through and through. And, again, top 10 player. I think the criminal part about Jose Ramirez, no one knows that he can steal bags. Uh, and he does He does it pretty... I know we don't have the stats here. Let me see uh, what he's got. Um, really good uh, stolen base guy. He's... Uh, and it's that's why he's getting a lot of fantasy love. Uh, hey, you know, yo. If, if, he, if he has enough steals, he may... We may have to make a live. Dude, he's got 150 career home runs and 150 career steals. He's the only player in uh, Guardians, I guess Guardians Indians history. One second here. So he's got, he had 20 steals. So that means, yo, Rory, we're going to have to make our first Strictly Sports amendment. Although it doesn't actually change anything, just adds two points to his score. He had 20 yeah, bags, so he had a I score guess, of 15. God, I brought that factor up. Um, yeah. No, You're right. I, I didn't know that. I'm like, he only got that contract this year for the Guardians. Everyone else is, you know, like trying to trade for him. Like, I know the Yankees wanted him. I know the Phillies wanted him. A lot of people wanted him, and, like, I was like, dang, he's actually stealing 20 bags uh, this entire time. So, uh, really good player, you know, just through and through. Uh, you know he's gonna get you, he's gonna get on base he's gonna hit bombs and he's gonna get RBIs 126 RBIs this year, uh, which is unbelievable. Oh. I know on a team that didn't yeah. score much. Well, he did have a lot of those in the first half, um, but you know 29 yeah. bombs, 280 average, and then an 869 OPS. Good thing is also a plus defender, so a two DRS, one OAA. Uh, not astonishing, yeah. but at least he is you know a plus defender there. Yeah, he's the complete switch hitter. Uh, I mean, it, it's really I mean, he's the type of player that you want at the hot corner. At number two, with the it factor and 15 and a half points, Manny Machado from the San Diego Padres. And he had a year that was actually the best. And, and I messed up before saying Riley had the second highest. He had the third highest weighted drunk created plus because Machado had the highest weighted drunk created plus of a third baseman in baseball with a 152 382 Woba, that was also the highest among third base. Those were both one over Nolan Arenado. Uh, that comes with a 298 average, 32 home runs, 102 RBIs. That, to me, is the classic stat line 
300, 30, and 100. And it was basically that for Manny Machado, two points off of that, 898 OPS. The negative DRS was surprising because he's never had that before. He's always been well over that. And then this year he went negative. I feel like that's an aberration, especially because his OAA went up and it's gone up every year, uh, basically since 2019. He now is an 8 OAA. So Machado, he's who you want. He's starting for the Dominican Republic. No, he's a superstar. Uh, and, you know, the days of him and Bryce Harper coming over to the Phillies both together on big contracts was, you know, one of the, the greater parts of my life. So, uh, <laughs> either way, he's a guy that's been doing it for a while. And, uh, you know, switching positions for it as well. I mean, a shortstop, uh, third base, you know, kind of slash there, uh, kind of going all around with the Orioles. But, you know, his first season, negative uh, DRS, what are you going to do? He killed it, 298-32 runs. 102 RBIs, and, you know, led his teams in the NLCS. So I might have them over at one, and I think it's just because one is so close, uh, and we'll get into it. But one, two, and three are just so, so close. And, you know, the only reason number one is going to get it is because of his defense as well. Uh, And, you know, let's just break into it right now. Nolan Arenado coming in at number one on our list. And uh, pretty much a landslide there, 18. So he's 10.2 over the mean, and he's also got the it factor there. Multi-time gold glove, uh, probably one of the greatest defensive third basemen, you know, in MLB history right now on track. But obviously, you know, Brooks Robinson there as well too. So uh, you still got to do a little bit more. The only thing is 293, 30 home runs, 130 RBIs. Uh, you know, it's all playing, you know, with Ramirez and Machado as well uh, and Rafael Devers. The defense is helping him over all of them. Who am I going to want? Game seven, two outs. I need a, I need something. Who do I want at the plate? I can guarantee I'm not taking Nolan Arenado over Ramirez, Machado, or Devers. I don't think I'm doing it. Um, I just don't think I'm doing it. So, uh I think the other three are more clutch. Nolan Arenado, not a not a cent of life in the playoff. Didn't didn't see him at all. Don't care about him. Um, but a good player. And the good thing is he's doing this outside of Colorado. He was getting killed by saying numbers are boosted uh, from the you know the Colorado yeah. atmosphere. So uh, doing it outside of Colorado. Good player. Finished two in MVP voting this year, uh, and you know for good reason. Nineteen DRS. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. 15 OAA to go along with it. I mean, you, you named out the stats. It's uh, I a mean, full package. That's why he gets all the points. Uh, I, I think, you know, you, you say it, though. It's like, who would I want with two outs, game on the line? Out of all these people, it's probably Machado for me because I think it's just he's a superstar. Um, one of the best talent. He's like an Alex Rodriguez type of just elite talent. And, you know, Jose Ramirez is great. He's very intimidating. Like, they are definitely more clutch hitters. And, and Devers, too. Like, there's that fear, fear factor. Arenado's great, and the, the stats are the same. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like a slider low in a way he's susceptible to. You know, like, I, I don't – it sounds dumb, but those other guys are – you leave a no, meatball, sure. it's gone. It's like I'm not – I've seen Rafael Devers close in person, like at Fenway, where I know when he comes up, you know, he's changing the game. Um and that's why I'm kind of like putting him into that clutch factor as well. His stats aren't j- 
just a smidge beneath the other people, I would say. Um, but either way, you know, he's in that conversation, and I still think I'd take those people over. I'd take Matt Machado over Arenado for sure in that situation. And that's you know that's what it comes down to for me. Um, through and through, who would I rather have Game 7 uh, to win me it? And I wouldn't put Arenado up there for me. Wow. The, this conversation is changing my personal list, too. Because, I mean, this is one of those lists that I wrestle with for a while. I mean, my personal, like, top ten that I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys right now. But, um, I mean, it, it really impacts it because it's like, who would I want in that situation? And it's it, Manny Machado. It's, it's like all day I want him in the, in the box over, uh, over Arenado. So my personal top ten, uh, I did put DJ in. That's I'll just say maybe a little Yankee bias there. He did win a utility gold glove. I'll give him that. Um, you know, decent year. It would have been better without the injuries, but that's the story of the last two years for him. The reason I put him in is because I don't have Gene Segura in there. I don't have Hayes either, but who I do have is a just missed who only got four and a half points on this list, which is kind of disappointing because I thought he had a really good rebound year is Eugenio Suarez. He had 31 bombs and 87 RBIs for the Seattle Mariners, but he's a negative defender. I have him at number seven on my personal list. So, so mine goes DJ at 10, Chapman at nine, Yandy Diaz at eight, Suarez at seven, Bregman at six, Riley at five, Devers at four, Ramirez at three, Arenado at two, Machado at one. And um, like Suarez, I mean – He's basically Matt Chapman offensively, right, last year? I mean, if he does this again, he should be on next year, maybe higher Daniel, average good player, as well. Eugenio Suarez. Uh, it's just the average is not there at all. Neither is Chapman's, though. It's higher than Chapman's not 227. Wrong. not wrong. I see the 198 in 2021. Uh, and he's right around Mendoza uh, for yeah. 2020 and 2021. Uh, so if you're in below Mendoza, granted you're hitting 31 home yeah. runs uh, at that time for a team that's not even competitive. Uh, you know, good for him, I guess. Uh, I think that was the year I drafted him as my third baseman, though, so I kind of hated him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah, either way, you know, good player. I don't know if I have him in my top ten. You have him over Yandy, which I don't know if I agree with. I yeah, because I mean, yeah, the offense is worse, but I almost feel like if Yandi doesn't have that walk rate again, and if he doesn't hit two ninety six, what happens? I feel like Suarez is definitely going to hit that amount of home runs again, and I feel like you know, so I that's the only reason. Well, Suarez over Yandi. Really? Yeah, like Suarez. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Rays. The Rays scored like two runs Dude, in the playoffs. The Rays just stunk. It's not, it's not all the Yandy Diaz. They, they really shouldn't have been in that position. Uh, and also, they're facing good pitching. Uh, that game where they you know, were going back and forth and both teams just throwing out people 99-mile-per-hour fastballs with 95-mile-per-hour sliders uh, and crazy movement was ridiculous. Hey, and you know what? That that can feed into our conversation. And by the way, the, the last just missed is Max Muncy. He only got four points. Um, he had under 200, power went away. If this was last year, he's in. I mean, the offense was insane for that little peak run that he went on. But now he's switching to third. 
he's actually a positive defender over there, believe it or not. Um, and some people believe, and I don't, I don't know why people think this, but some people think with the elimination of the shifts, third base is better for some people because they won't have to go to the other side of the field and they can kind of just be stationary more so at third instead of, uh, of having to be that athletic type uh, over there. And that's why the Dodgers are moving their third base prospect Vargas to second because he's the fastest infielder on the Dodgers. They're like, he'll get more range at second base. We'll plug in Muncie at third where he won't have to move as much. It's a theory. We'll see how it plays out um, this year. Uh, and then the other one, I guess I'll just mention it because it's a flaw in the system, but Josh Donaldson also got five points. And uh, that is because he led third baseman in DR, uh, DRS in the, in the American League, I believe. So um, good from that standpoint. And he was exactly a league average hitter. So he gets the benefit of the doubt point from last year. He like weaseled his way to five points. It was basically not off this year hitting wise. It was just his defense. I yeah, feel like I mean, Donaldson's lost it. Josh Donaldson, I mean, any day of the week he's going to he's gonna compete for you. Uh, but no, there's a lot of anger. I, I could tell from the uh, from the Yankees' side when he is, uh, you know, going through those slumps and, you know, not, not producing what he should. What's his contract like? He's got one more year at $25 million. It was a, oh, It's probably Cashman's worst trade. Again, but, um, yeah, he's definitely past his prime, no doubt about it. He's not in the top ten by anything for me. Uh, but, you know, he could, could sniff the conversation no. for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, but the, the, the conversation I was just uh, about to refer to are the new rule introductions to Major League Baseball. We could wrap up the pod talking about this and um, you were just talking about that playoff game that went forever and it was, you know, 99 mile per hour guys for till the 15th inning and major league baseball just introduced a rule that for the regular season moving forward, the runner on second base is starting in inning number 10, not, you know, we'll give you one normal inning and then do it. It's forever for the rest of time. Uh, we will never have normal extra inning baseball in the regular season. So I think there's two things about this for me. Number one is, I think, from a traditional standpoint, that's gone. The The, the universal DH is gone. Uh, excuse me, the universal DH is in place. There's now interleague play where everyone plays everyone starting this year. There's pitch clock. There's the pickoff rule. There's the bigger bases. Baseball is really honestly changing more than ever going into the, the elimination of the shifts. And this is just another cog. And then the three batter rule a few years ago. So traditional baseball has been gone for three, four years. And I feel like this is the next step to that. Uh, and, and it upsets me from that standpoint a little bit. But from the realistic standpoint, the NHL has 3v3 overtime. They go from 5v5 to 3v3 for five minutes. And then they go to a shootout because the travel uh, changes. I mean, these guys have planes to catch. They're like these are real things. End of a series, eighteen inning game. You've got a one a.m. flight to go back home. Now you got a delay, extra night in the hotel, layover at the airport. Blah blah blah. These are real things. Not only that, I don't think pitchers in the modern day have the ability to pitch this, th those deep games uh, where there where you just can't itch inch across these extra runs in these 14, 15 inning games. So from that logistical standpoint, it probably had to happen. 
with the way that the game works now. But, you know, traditionally it's kind of sad. No more of that. Yeah. But at least in the, the postseason, like, it'll like be NHL legitimate. kind of does it right. You go to soccer where it's, you know, you have – OT and you know nothing's gonna score. You go to you go to a shootout, and uh, that's the worst thing possible. The shootouts are so unfair. Uh, NHL, you know, they eliminate the players, and I think that's just how it should be. Um, right, and then and I would like, and then NHL yeah, does do continuous uh, OT in the, the playoffs, right? So, how the hell does that happen? Imagine the World yeah. Series was decided on home runs. Uh, I mean, we'd kill them. We would have killed the Astros. Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, just run through and through, uh, you yeah. know, the bombers that you had on the fills. So uh, it's something that, you know, could be changing uh, even more so, you know, in the future. Are they going to go to something where it's like, a you know, a home run derby? People are already doing that. There's already leagues, uh, like, in not affiliated with Major League Baseball, but collegiate leagues. I'm pretty sure an independent league also does it. Uh, where if you go to extra innings, you're going into a home run derby. And uh, it, it's absurd. It's absurd. Absurd. And, you, know, it's, you, you hope that MLB doesn't go down that path, but who knows? I like I like the – it adds a strategy to the game um, that you haven't seen before. But you could go to those innings where it's like you're going in yeah. to the 15th inning and you're, you're wasting all your pitching. Phillies definitely can't compete with that, so it's not even a choice. But you, you saw the, the factories that are the Guardians and the Rays – where they're just pumping out prospects and pitchers that are unbelievable and can throw that 99-mile-per-hour slider slider whenever you right. need it. So um, that that was just an anomaly. You see that happen with the Phillies, you know, uh, or some other teams that don't have deep bullpens. It's ending pretty quickly. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a change for Major League Baseball. We'll see if it's for the better. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I'll just be candid, too. I mean, I, there's times where normal regular season night, it's a one-to-one game in the 13th yeah. inning, and I'm like, can this just end? Like, like honestly, though, like, you don't want to sit there that long till 1130 at night. Like, let's just be real, too. <laughs> game against the Marlins where it's probably <laughs> no one else is there either on a Tuesday night. <laughs> You're sick to your stomach watching it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't go to bed till this is over. Like, no, you know, it's just, you know, again, traditionally kind of stinks, but realistically, like, let's get over it. But, um, yeah, dude, WBC is coming up soon. I'm pumped for it. Um, I did buy finals tickets for it in the hopes that U.S. plays. But uh, like we talked about earlier, I think it's going to be, regardless, Dominican, Japan, going to be seeing some world-class talent over there. So, uh, yeah. But uh, next week we're doing shortstops, Rory. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a fun one. Because I already know the list, so. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So, behind <laughs> so, the scenes. I mean, we're gonna, we'll, we'll bring it down. I forgot about this. Oh, my goodness. Again, <laughs> our list is not personal. Uh, lot, lots of good talent in that shortstop pool as well. We already saw great talent, one through six probably in 3B. But uh, either way, so WBC, um, it's one game final, right? That's so nice. Imagine the World Series was like that. That'd be yep. great. That'd be great. You don't, even, you don't even know who the better team is. It's just one game, any given night. Yeah, any like, given night. 
that's that's the magic about it. But either way, it should be a good yeah. one. Don't know if you want me rooting for Team USA because uh, my team's losing the championship. So, um, <laughs> self oh, self deprecation. Yeah. It's hey, you brought it up, not me. <laughs> nah, yeah, but uh, they did lose, uh, and but you know, I you I think you did say it on the pod. You know, if I didn't text you that terrible phrase that you wouldn't come back on the pod, but I, uh, I did, no, I did good. with Very a nice little tag at the end, and was hoping that would be the difference, uh, and you know, them winning. Hopefully, it would give him a little juice, but uh, love seeing <laughs> that, and uh, obviously, I'm here on the pod, so uh, very good. <laughs> Yes, yes. All righty. So, top 10 shortstops next week. We will do a Super Bowl review at some point this week as well on the Strictly Sports side. And, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this one. Share it around on Twitter. Uh, again, I'm a uh, Twitter superstar with uh, 21,000 views on a tweet. So, uh, the crowning achievement of Strictly Sports Productions. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Rory, for coming on. Follow us on, at Strictly Sports P, Facebook and Instagram. Strictly Sports Productions, and you can listen to this podcast on any platform. We'll see you next week.